Welcome, everyone, to Who's Your Band? We are off to an auspicious start here. Joining me is my co-host, Sean Morton. How are you, Sean? Oh, Jeffrey, I am looking forward to this episode for the three weeks that it's been postponed. You have no idea. I'm not going to get a word in edgewise this entire episode, but you three freaking people. Let's we're gonna we're gonna introduce our guests. In yes, a you do the first in one. I'll do the second one. Okay, we're gonna do it in a second. But just just I just like to catch up to you for a second. Okay, sure. so what did you do this weekend? Did you? Oh, what did fun? I do? Did I, I realized have a good time? I had a great time, Jeffrey. I realized um, that I at forty seven. I mean, mind you. Uh, with the three people that are also on this show today, I am way, way, way the youngest person. But uh, <laughs> I decided to uh, take my my little 14-year-old cousin bowling. Um, number one, when the fuck did bowling cost $100? Okay. I don't know. But in, I know it, in the history of bowling, no one has ever said, oh, you went bowling. Oh, I'm sorry. I missed it. No one has yeah, ever said no. that sentence. So I went to one of those chain ones. You know, it was called Bolero. And oh, it was sure. It's a big $48 a person. So I literally walked out and I Googled, which is the dirtiest bowling alley near here? So we went 10 minutes away where it's like the $5 a game. I haven't been in a bowling alley in like 15 <laughs> years. Nothing has changed. It smells like hot ketchup and body odor. It is the most disgusting thing you could ever smell in your life. But I also didn't realize you have you can actually be out of shape in bowl. It's not a sport. My hand, Cramden. My yeah. hand is on fire today from bowling you, two games. You're you're in incredibly bad shape. But bowling is not a sport. If you can smoke a cigar and eat a sandwich while doing it, okay, it is not a sport. Do you have to wear your hat backwards though when you do that though? Well, it just makes me young. This oh, is how I appeal to our younger audience. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Well, I'm 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 sorry you had such a bad time bowling. Uh but no, I did, did well, you, but you know, you, my hand hurts. But you had a good time with your niece, right? Well, it's my god, it's my cousin and it's a dude. So uh, if you want to call him my niece, that's totally fine. Thanks for paying attention as usual, you prick. Go ahead, continue. <laughs> well, because I, I want to get to something that's much more important than, than that story. Mm-hmm. And this and it's gonna this is gonna segue us into our two guests today. So during Thanksgiving, we were at the table and you know how you play background music. And you know, this is like already, we've already had dinner and we're, we're about to play, uh, we play bingo and we play, uh, what, what's that game with the dice? You know, um, uh, left, right, center. We, we, you know, we'll play and there's music playing. And they're playing like, this is like my sister-in-law and her cousin and they're playing just like shit. They're playing like seventies pop, but like, but like Partridge Family and the DeFranco Family and the fucking Osmonds. And I'm like, can we put on something that is actually good, like maybe the Beatles? And then her cousin, with her resting bitch face, goes, "Ugh, the Beatles. I don't like them." <laughs> and I'm like, what don't you like? That, that they're good? That they are the best songwriters of the last century? That they are the... that McCartney <clears throat> and Lennon are basically the Beethoven and Mozart of the, of the 1900s? Is, what don't you like about the fucking Beatles? It, so that's that set me off. And that then on Wednesday nights, I go on 101.5 with one of our guests, and we always wind up talking about the Beatles. And then this guest here said, why don't we talk about this in length? 
the Beatles came out with a new song called Now and Then. And let's, you know, we just can't talk about it on the air for a couple of minutes. We need, we need a whole show. So we have not one, but two guests to talk about the new Beatles release. And we'll get into plenty, plenty of Beatles history with these two guys. So I'm going to introduce one guy. Sean's going to introduce the other. And we're going to get this thing started. So from 101.5 FM uh, from WYSP in Philadelphia. Okay. It is my pleasure to introduce my buddy, Mr. Steve Trevelisse. Fresh for my appearance at the Dirty Donkey. At the Dirty Donkey. Yeah. Yes. Bowling it's Ralph not a sport. Frampton bowls. It's not a sport. If you could, Frampton bowls. I don't care if you can be three hundred eighty pounds. Almost got the championship. Had he not hurt his back, it's not real. He's not real. But if you could be three hundred eighty pounds, okay, and be eating a sub while right. doing the activity, I am sorry. It's not a sport. It's a game. Is golf a sport? Yes. Why is golf? You'll be 380. You can't drive back and forth on a bowling league with, with a friend cart, though. How about that? Yeah, it, it's a sport, but you don't have to be an athlete. I think Tiger Woods. I think there's still talent involved in it. There's talent involved. There's also talent in in, in building a deck. Well, the thing about bowling, talent involved in comedy too, but we don't have to worry about that either. That's, that's right. Here's our, here's our second guest. So let me tell you something. Not only am I blessed with Jeffrey Paul in my life as a, a co-host on a podcast that I do, um, and as, as well as a partner in comedy. We do a lot of shows together. Um, this other gentleman is a uh, not only a, a, a comedy booker in Connecticut, he is one of the greatest radio DJs in the state of Connecticut history. He is the host of Franco in the Morning on uh, K-Hits FM. 1019 in Connecticut. He also has his own radio station too, which you guys don't may not know about, which we'll talk about too. FITM Radio. And he's also the uh host of the Everything 80s podcast, which I happen to be a co-host on as well. Um, so not only do I have one pain in the ass podcast co-host, now I have two. So let me just bring into the show my dear, dear friend Franco Carafano. Hello, Franco. Well, well. What's up, everybody? How y'all doing? Hi, Steve. Hey, Frank. Nice to meet you, Franco. Nice to meet you. What's going on, man? I can't complain, but it's early yet. Give me time. Yeah, yeah. Sean's right. Uh, we do have a podcast. Uh, I was hard up for someone to be on it with me because, you know, you're in radio, so you know that people get cut all the time. And unfortunately, my partner uh, was let go. Uh, he's doing well, by the way. His wife's a Pfizer scientist, so he's playing golf four times a week. Um, but, uh, so Which I asked Sean sport. to come on the podcast and he's fantastic on it, actually. Oh, cool. Excellent. Yeah. A lot of fun. I get to, I get to berate two friggin' old men at least twice a week, which is great for me. Mm -hmm. But we're both better looking, right, Franco? Oh, yeah. Both, yeah you know man. what it is? It's both of you with the glasses and the backwards hats that are so fucking hip and cool from the 1982. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> we all don't have hair like Trevelisse. Well, you see, when you have this hair, you don't wear a backwards that, hat. Well, you don't wear a hat. You showed off. That become that, that it, should it be a headshot. Steve's got it 15 years on me. I would murder him in front of his family for his hair. <laughs> I get that he, a lot. He, he got a good head of hair. I used to have the afro, but that was a long time ago. Yeah, Steve got Steve got the hair. So let's let's get into this a little bit. So uh, a couple a couple of weeks ago, um, the Beatles the Beatles in 2023 released a new song, and the song is called "Now and Then." 
So I'm just kind of curious on you guys' uh, take on the song, a little background about the song. And I guess we'll start with Steve and then uh, we'll go with Franco and then, you know, we can interject a little bit. So Steve, what, what's your opinion on, on this new Beatles song? I think that, I mean, if you want, I, if you want background on the song, you know, uh, John in the late seventies, uh, when he was babysitting Sean and away from everything had a piano and he bought a Sony cassette recorder for 400 hours that he had patched into the piano and had a condenser microphone in the cassette recorder. And he would sit at the piano and he would, you know, compose. And among the songs he composed were Free as a Bird, which is kind of like half a song, uh, Real Love, which is a whole song. And the now the first two anthology albums now. Right. And Now and Then, which is kind of like half a song. And he just, you know, we, we composed a lot of songs. So, but the problem with these songs was that the piano and the microphone couldn't be separated. So the vocals and the piano remained tight. And that's why when you hear Free as a Bird, John's inaudible. When you hear Real Love, he's inaudible. So Yoko gives these tapes uh, in, the in 1994 to George and Paul to uh, for the Beatles anthology. There were three anthology discs. Each would have a new song. So they did the first two. They go to do the last one, and George hated it. And they worked on it. They tried to get it done, and George hated it. And he said he didn't want to do it. His exact words, I think, were, I hope when I die, someone takes my crappy demos and turns them into hits. So he was against it. Then what happens is Paul, in a 2012 interview with Jeff Lynn, or, or on, the, on the Jeff Lynn documentary, had said to the interviewer, I always wanted to finish that song. So fast forward till now, and Peter Jackson, tell, who, did the, uh, who did the Get Back uh, movie, the Beatles documentary. To, the Beatles documentary says to Paul, I can with through the use of AI, we can separate John's vocal from the piano. Now you get Lennon's voice. So now Lennon, uh, they took the tape. So Paul takes it. Harrison had started to, you know, he started to work on it, but he never finished it because he he was done with it. So Paul decides he's going to fin finish up Harrison's guitar solos. He's going to do the Harrison's guitar part as an homage to George. Uh, so basically what happens is in a true Lennon McCartney song, they each had their own style. You know, Paul, uh, she was just 17. Lennon, John, you know what I mean. You know, Paul, uh, we can work it out. John, life is very short and there's no time. You know, it's getting better all the time. Can't get no worse. So John writes this kind of dark, uh, for me, he's just doing wordplay. He's messing around. But then Paul and Jeff Lynn and Ringo, and they take what George started and Paul finishes, and they turn it into this nice, lushy song, which I will bet my life that if John were alive today and George were alive today, they never would have let it out. But it's a nice song. It's not up to now, the Beatles standards. Now, we argued about nice this. Song. Last Wednesday night, and I I took a different opinion on it. I thought that they would like it because it is not the same song that was you know fooled around with you know back in in the seventies. It's a it's a different song. But we'll never know if that's the direction. That's the thing. We'll never know. I'm just saying if you compare it to the to what the Beatles did, is it the standard of a Beatles song? And would that like George said? I hope someone takes my crappy demos and puts them out. So basically, what happens here? Uh, I think 
when it came time for the video, uh, they go to Peter Jackson. Can you do the video? The video makes the song because the video will make you cry. It's hard to watch it without crying. And the idea well, kind of like Johnny. It's like kind of like the Johnny Cash hurt a video. No, if you if because... you don't if you don't cry during that, you don't have a soul. Oh yeah, but I mean, especially like, when you know the whole backstory to it. Well, as far as the idea, like with you know Peter Jack, when they asked him to do it, Jackson said, "I'm not going to do this song." I'm not going to do this video and just put a bunch of Beatle pictures behind the song. If you can get me them actually working on this song, I'll do it. And mysteriously, what shows up? They actually have John and Paul working on Now and Then. And that begins the video. And then the way he did it by bringing in, by, by putting the actual Beatles in the video, superimposing, almost like a Disney video, uh, it, it, you know, it's what makes you cry. And he had said... He and he had gotten Danny Harrison and and told him, he said, look, we're going to do this ending. And it's it's designed to make you cry. And okay, he hold, told hold, Danny hold, what hold. it was, and Danny cried. Okay, okay, hold on one second, Steve. I'm very curious now to hear Franco's take on this song and what we were talking about. Would, would Harrison and John have liked the song the way it's composed today? What's your take on this, Franco? Well, first, uh, Steve couldn't have put it better. I mean, the history of what he just said, spot on. He nailed it. The song's been around for a while. Uh, and the fact that John and Paul played off each other, we all know how well they did. Uh, Day in the Life's a great example of that, which could be the greatest Beatles song recorded. I like, uh, I feel guilty as a big Beatles, a huge Beatles fan, that I'm not moved by the song and I could have done without it. And here's why. I thought that the raw demo, the emotion, and John just sitting there with the piano and doing the song, that's kind of what I've always liked. I, you know, when it came out and everybody went crazy for it, and all my, you know, all my followers on TikTok, we do a lot of TikTok live, uh, and I just, you know, um, I said, well, maybe I'll warm up to it. You know, I don't like to say something's definite for me, you know, uh, and I am warming up to it, but. The video to me, and you know, with all due respect to everybody who cried, maybe I don't have a soul, but I thought <laughs> the get back footage was so much more real. And I thought the and Steve put a great like a Disney kind of thing, you know, uh, Ringo and Paul, you know, in 2023 in a video standing next to George and and John, uh, you know, in their 20s. To me, that just didn't move me at all, but that's me, and I may change, but. I'm not a fan of it at all. And I can't say whether George or John would want it released. I mean, I would think they probably wouldn't, but we don't know. When we all try to speculate on all artists, you know, um, in any situation, you know, uh, what went on between Paul Simon and Art Carfunkel or what went on between Levon Helm and Robbie Robinson, what went on, we don't know uh, if they would have liked it. But I would say that, um, you know, my opinion would be John would not have liked it at all. He would have liked it. To me, it would have, he would have liked it not to have been done. But we don't I know. agree with you. And you know why? Because he had the chance to put it out on Double Fantasy, Milk and Honey, Man of Love Avenue, every subsequent Lennon um, release that's been put out since his death, and it didn't make any of them. And George, we know for a fact, George did Yeah, because he said it. it. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, and the thing is, to me, that song was really John just kind of being John, fooling around on the piano with some words. Yeah. And that's really all it was. And um, yeah, I, I don't think that he would have wanted it. I mean, uh, we talked about like now how, um, you know, uh, Sony has all the Beatle licensing and they're putting Beatles songs in, in commercials, which was like something John and Paul 
really were against. I mean, I don't think John would like, you know, strawberry fields forever being in a strawberry commercial, you know, it, you yeah. know, it just compromises the integrity of the song, you know? You know, so. it's funny. Did you see the commercial uh, for Amazon in, when they're playing in my life and the old ladies, uh, right? Those women, those old ladies were probably at Shea stadium. <laughs> but but you're so right and the thing is that you know john would have they john would have never put it out and there was an interview with george that was done in 1987 on 60 minutes i think it was uh lara the english girl did the interview and george's assistant had said if you want the truth george will tell you the truth Ringo will go along with anything. John's not here. And Paul's going to tell you the way he sees it. He but rewrites Tr history. You never know what Paul's going to say. You know? But you're right. That, I saw that interview. That, uh, was that the one where he talked about uh, where she had asked him, you know, uh, you know, John thought you looked up to him. And, and he's like, oh, no, he was a good lad. And, I mean, he was right. just, George was cold. You know, he could be cold at times. Yeah. And, and that whole thing. Well, the whole idea with the I Me Mine. When, uh, you know, John said, I wrote tax man. He didn't give me any credit. And George is like, well, what about this line I put in come together? What about this line I put over yeah. here? What about that? But getting, you know, but the thing is that George, you know, was, was the honest one. And he specifically said, because he could have taken the money. He could have easily let the song out, but he knew it wasn't up to Beatles standards. Right. And like, as far as the video goes, you know, the idea that, you know, it reminded you by putting them in, just being, you know, just messing around, having fun, seeing the old footage reminded me of like why I loved them in the first place. Yeah, because but I probably would have loved that had there not been a Peter Jackson get back. Right, right. Had and, I not and, seen that and watched that a hundred times. Yeah, and the, and the oddity of it is like, here you got John looking out into the ocean. And he sees the four Beatles and suddenly 80 year old Paul is harmonizing with 27 year old John Lennon. It, it's kind of schmaltzy. The ending when they go back in time all the way, that's the part that will break people up. But and that's what they said they were going to do. But I mean, it's just a really, you know, it's like I said, it's a nice little capsule. But as far as like if if the Beatles had gotten together and said, we've got to come up with a new song, then John would have said, let's write a new song. And George yeah, is I mean, you're right. I, mean, I don't think anyone was expecting that to be a standard of a Beatles song. I mean, it probably would have never even been a B-side of a Beatles song. But anything that gets a new generation to discover the Beatles music, like one of the things I like, and I'll, I'm going to go off topic, Sean, because you know I do that, uh, especially this time of night when my meds are wearing off. Um, <laughs> the movie yesterday I thought was fantastic for one reason. It introduced a whole new audience to the Beatles music. Yeah, you know, across the universe. Now, whether too. you liked it or not, or small C, as you say, you use that word. Uh, I think when he ran into John, you know, uh -huh. in that movie, that's what moved me when he saw the older John. I thought that was me too. Yeah, and across the universe, remember that one? Yeah, you know, they always every couple of years. Look at now, there are three Beatles albums out. They always spike every couple of years to keep to to renew their audience, to keep their audience, and to introduce a new audience. You're going to know this guy's name. I'm not good at remembering stuff. Sean will point out over and over again how old I am. The one-man show that Yoko that Yoko endorses, the one-man John Lennon show, you had to have seen that. No? Was that the Australian guy? Yeah, I think so. There was a show that I saw on Broadway. I've got a picture with the guy. Yeah, it was on Broadway. It was one-man show, and Yoko endorsed it. 
Uh, no, it wasn't. It was off Broadway. But the idea was old John Lennon. The the whole idea of the show, you know, the your life flashes before you when you die. Yeah. Well, the idea is that it opens with John. He's older now. He's got a black jeans, black leather coat, gray hair, and he's kind of telling his story. And he's like, he walks outside and he says, uh, "This guy has been watching me. I don't know what's going on here." You know, and no, then he goes into his goes into his whole life, and it ends with, you know, he, yeah. you know, you autograph the album, and then it ends with, you know, him dying. But the whole premise of the show is that when you, you know, you and you when you're dying, your life, your whole life flashes before you. And this was kind of like, and these two guys came from Australia, and they yeah, were no, really this good. This is the one then. I wish I could remember because it was one guy, uh, and he did a one-man show right up until you know the point of you know 1980, and then the stage just went dark, and that's how it ended very tastefully. Yeah, uh, but um, I'll get that to you. The guy's name, I'll look it up. It's really it's an awesome show. Did you ever see uh, the Let It Be show where they get together for John's 40th birthday party? And yeah. oh, it's amazing. Okay. They basically they get together in 1980 uh, to, for John's 40th birthday and they do a concert at that point. And in the show, you know, there are a lot of songs that we never, you know, that we did on our own that we got to, you know, we never got to do together. And they do Imagine and they, they end with while, while My Guitar Gently Weeps. It was at the Hard Rock. And I'll, I'll send you the info. It's an amazing show. Yeah. But the thing with, you know, the thing is like with that much creativity, uh, it's great that it's out there. It's great that there's product, you know, but I really believe that if they were going to, if they were going to do a song, they'd have done a much better job. Right. Well, it, John even said that in not so many words in several interviews, you know, years ago, he goes, well, maybe we'd get together if we all felt jazzed and we went into the studio and we had new ideas. So he wasn't even thinking of that song. And when he was asked that stuff. Well, you know, the thing that he said he goes, if we ever got together, it wouldn't be the Beatles getting together. It would be John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. Four guys coming from their from their lives coming into a room. Yeah. The Beatles, we in fact, there there was uh, I saw this on Facebook last week. I showed it to Jeff, where uh Zach Starkey was hanging out with Sean Lennon. And people were talking about, you know, McCartney's son plays bass and uh, Danny Harrison, and what if they got together? And he said, uh, and I forget who it was. Uh, I think it was Zach who said, uh, the, I forget the, the, the actual quote, but he goes, uh, well, yeah, if we spent, you know, a couple of years sleeping in roach infested mattresses in Hamburg uh, by ourselves, then maybe we could do that. But because we were all very rich and we lived in mansions and we had servants. No, we would never do that. That would never be the Beatles. No, it would ruin the legacy. I wouldn't mind, uh, about a year ago, Julian, uh, either on Facebook or uh, his website, put a picture of him and Sean standing in front of a stage, and he said, "Thinking about it." And I thought that'd be kind of cool idea. if they went out and did a couple, you know, a couple shows, just the two of them. Yeah. I think that I, that I think would be cool. But a Beatles, all the kids, no, no. And you know what? I I, I was going to mention that to you. That would be a great idea because the two of them could do it. They're tied yeah, together. Imagine the harmonies and all that. It would be amazing. But here's something else. Now that we've got AI. You know, I had the, I interviewed the Smithereens last week, uh, Jim Babjack, and I asked him, what do you think of the song? And he said, you know, we've got a lot of outtakes of Patanasio that uh, we could now go back into the studio. We're thinking about, you know, recutting songs. And I had Glenn Burtnick on the show. Glenn, you know, Glenn, Glenn played for Sticks and ELO. Uh, and he said that he's a diet. This guy puts on entire 
he he does entire concerts of Beatle albums, bringing in full orchestras to reproduce the White Album, Abbey Road. He's a Beatle fanatic. And he says, think about this. What if they were, you know, John always said that they were at their best when they were in Hamburg. Now, do you remember, Franco, an album in 1977 called Live at the Star? No, uh, I don't. Live at yeah, the man. Star. On the cover of the album was like a newspaper, like a, a, a bundle of newspapers with the Beatles on the cover, Mersey Beat or something like that. But it was basically the Live at the Star Club in Hamburg. And it was recording of the Beatles playing there. Now, it sucks. The the, the, the quality sucks because it's recorded in a club. But through the use of AI, if they could isolate those voices, if they could bring that to life, we're not done. This is not going to be the last. Yeah, Beatles. that would be cool for sure. Um, it just came to mind. I was wondering if you've, if you've heard this. Uh, a friend of mine, Dave Sholin, uh, was the last person to interview John. And he spent uh, December 8th, 1980, at the Dakota, all day with that. From and San Francisco? He, yeah, yeah, Dave Sholin from San Francisco. Yeah, I know the story. In fact, oh, so, you know, so, you, leave, so if you haven't he heard that in interview, van. it's on YouTube. Really? And I interviewed him. I had him, on a, I had him on TikTok last year, and we talked about it. Uh, and it's like, it's just so unbelievable, because he spent the day with them. And... Um, he interviewed them and 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 all that, and then he said he was leaving to go to the airport, and John was like just standing on the, you know, because his, his car didn't show up. And he's like, "Here's John uh -huh. Lennon," so he drove him to the studio in his right. limo, got out of plane, went to L.A., turned on the uh, car radio, and uh, KFRC, his station, was playing Beatles songs, and he's like, "Something's wrong." That's how he found out. Wow. Do you know Larry Kane? Uh... Larry Kane was the fifth Beatle. Uh, he was the newscaster that traveled with them on the three tours. He was a Philadelphia newscaster. And he he uh, was tight with John. And he had told me that as, you know, before he got in the van, he signed the album for the guy to kill them. And as the van is pulling away, the guy is holding the album and he screams out, this is the last one with the autograph. Uh, eerie but yeah i know i heard that story because yeah because he jumped in the van and uh got to spend the day with him and the arc that was the rko interview too yeah and it's on youtube i was just listening to it i listen to it every year around this time and i take some pieces off and i do a tiktok piece on it yeah i was looking for some bits to use yeah yeah but this it's the like, wrong interview it's unedited it starts with george you know the anniversary of george's death on the 29th and then we go to december 8th you know, and it's like it's like Beatles season now, you know, from October 9th, actually, John's birthday. Yeah. And this brings us through the holiday. And the Beatles always help us out by having product available to buy yeah. uh, around the holidays. Yeah, it doesn't know, hurt. Hey, Jeff. No, it's funny. Like, you think about the Rolling Stones. Could they? I know this book, they're really, really popular and everything, but they haven't done hardly anything. They have the, a new album out. Huh? You have they have an album out now. What was the last one? 40 years ago? No. 18 years ago. No, but um, that was question number one that I had for you guys. Um, but Jeff, you want to go get a beer? <laughs> no, I want to ask Franco this Who question. Who needs you guys? No, because because about 45 minutes ago, he said this, and I, it still stuck with me. He goes, he could have done without the song being released. Really, Franco? Yeah. I like, see, for me, if, it, if, if the project was never done, I always liked that demo. Uh, I, I would go to YouTube and listen to the demo 
a couple of times a year. John just with a piano. I know he's a little drowned out, uh, but I can hear the emotion in his voice in that. And to me, you know, I'm I've always been into the songwriting process. Um, and because it is the song that they could have done years ago and never did, I never thought that they would do it. And when they did, it, to me, it was, you know, and now I am warming up to it. I, you know, um, but if they didn't do it, it would not have phased me one bit. And I know as a Beatles fan, I feel guilty, but that's how I feel. I like it. I, this feel, way. I, I like it this way. You go into a pawn shop, right? And you find this VCR and it's like for five bucks and you buy an old VCR because you need one. And then you see there's a tape that's stuck inside this VCR. And then you open and you say, oh, what's, what's in this? And you find a tape from like George Carlin that he just did like a 40 minute open mic where he's working on material and there's no premise there's no structure to anything it's grainy the audio is horrible and somebody finds it and says hey we're going to put this out that's how i feel this is this really is because i think you're right not every single song becomes an actual song not every but Sean, don't you want but don't you guys want to know like you know if it's there don't you want to hear it don't you want to hear colin's last jokes don't you want to hear the last song that could possibly be put I out by the you don't, you think, do don't you think the audience is entitled to that as well? I uh, no, I don't I think they're entitled to it at all. No, absolutely not. No, they're not entitled artists, to any. No, they're as an artist, you're entitled to the actual art that you're putting out. I mean, look at how many Jeff and look, we break each other's chops, but how many times do you work out a joke before you even think about putting it into your set? I do the same thing. Excruciating. You want to think about working them out, Sean, on that last show. <laughs> I, i'm kidding there we go franco yeah, let's get that word no, tape out I, he there. knows he knows I, i've got him headlining two shows in a row next in a couple of months so mm -hmm. he knows i'm kidding mm -hmm. yeah. okay. yeah, you, got, you, got, you gotta raise your standards here um did you did you guys like um real love and free as a bird free as a bird was so painful yeah it really know? was Really? And, and, and the way they, you know, what Paul wrote the second part again, it's, it's John being John and John's just messing around. I don't even think he intended it to be a song. And then Paul, lushy, gushy, whatever happened to the lives that we once knew. And George is like, I'll just say what he said. <laughs> and I'm not able <laughs> to say it all. It was just real love was an actual song. Uh, but the rest of it is, you know, it's, it, I guess if they were going to write together, that it would be okay. Well, you write your half, and I'll finish it. And I don't think it was never a corrobor you know, a corroboration. Uh, the way they wrote their other songs, but yeah, this was like, "I'll you start it, I'll finish it." But John didn't have a say in what direction Paul would take. The it was going to go. That's such a good point. Yeah, yeah. He, I don't know if he wanted his songs to be so happy and lushy and everything. You know, he may have wanted no, because them he was dark. dark. Yeah, his writing was much darker than Paul. Exactly. Yeah, but, in, but Double Fantasy was almost like a pure pop album. Double Fantasy was yeah. a lot of stuff that was done uh, while he was living with May Pang. A lot of stuff that was done uh, while he was, you know, in Bermuda. Uh, yeah. And Yoko was doing, uh, you know, he wanted Yoko to have, you know, half the album. So he's helping her. Right. But Plus he was older. That yeah, remember that joke about uh, they say I'm too middle of the road. I'm going to go right down the middle of the road to the bank. When the album came out, because yeah. you say, yeah, Yoko, Yoko, you know, she's like the B fifty two. They love Yoko. They think I'm too middle of the road. Well, I'll take the middle of the road right to the bank. Yeah, and and that's the whole thing is that he was older, and his message with that album was, hey, you know, we're going to be all forty now, 
You know, yeah. you've heard it on the interview. How are you? We're at the seventies of drag. Let's hope the eighties are better. You know, uh, and that was his message. It was a, it was a poppy message. Yeah. But I mean, prior to that, it was all really, his writing was from the soul where his balls was more poppy. Right. Look at what, I'm losing you. That was a dark song. That's a, that, that is a dark song. But I mean, like he had like the, uh, the uh, starting over it was almost like an Elvisy, you know, uh, type of song. It reminded me like his version of, crazy little thing called love you know it's That's like where you have to well yeah i mean starting over starts with like an elvis type thing exactly uh, you know it, it, so it, I, I thought those two songs were kind of like a pain almost like an homage to, to elvis um i was kind of curious uh with, with both of you guys here what what's your take on the jeff lynn influence on uh the three songs i the like jeff lynn. i love what he does a lot of people say he's overproduced the more he produces the better you know, and I know that George, not George, Paul, and I know Steve knows this. Uh, I'm sure he does. Uh, Paul was very leery about Jeff Lynn getting involved uh, during the, the anthology years because uh, he was so close with George. Uh, but it turned out that he respected him and, and and dug what he was doing. And John was always a fan. I mean, there's that interview, yeah. I think, uh, on NEW or one of the radio stations in New York where he was DJing for an hour and playing them. Uh, Dennis tells called us. them the baby Beatles or the little Beatles or something. Yeah. If you ever want to listen to the Beatles, turn on ELO. Yeah. Oh, you, you think there's a similarity between the two? He said that. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. You know, he, yeah Jeff Lynn went from being the president of a Beatles fan club to producing them. <laughs> See, I, I, I never knew that. I never knew that about it. He was the president of a Beatles fan club? Well, as a teenager, yeah. The great they, even had a, they had an album out uh, with his uh, his first band. And I can't think of the, the name move? of it. The Move? Hmm? Move? No, it was before Jeff that. Lynn's first band was Move. The Move. No, there was a... Steve, was it called The Move? Might have been a the, different... Uh, might uh, not have been his first band. The hook, but the album you know, the they had was very stuck beautiful. in the front, you know, the paw. Uh, uh, not The Moose, The Move. <laughs> the Move, yes. Jeff Lynn's uh -huh. uh, first band. Um, yeah, I, I, I love Jeff Lynn. I'm a yeah. huge fan of, of ELO. Did you ever see the rockumentary with him? With everybody that was in it? All the Beatles, Tom Petty, uh, I think Bob Dylan. There was a rocket. That was where Paul had mentioned that he wanted to finish off now and then. It was done in like 2012. And I mean, this this Jeff Lynne rockumentary, has, uh, he has in his house, he has his guitar on all day long. And he just walks around his house. His whole house is wired for sound so that he can get different sounds in each room to record on it. I mean, he has a guitar on all day. All day, he walks around with his guitar and just goes room to room playing his songs. That's yeah, a little bit of an egomaniac thing, don't you think about it? <laughs> well, you think there'd be more albums that have been released for a guy, or, 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 or good music, you know? Ah, right. <laughs> I don't know. So, I, 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 I like now and then. I, I think, I think the music itself is beautiful. I think the piano part is beautiful. I think the. Um, the vocal is kind of droning. I think that takes me out of it a, a little bit. But I, I, I think, listen, for a Beatles song, for a Beatles song, yeah, it's not, it's not in the top fifty, okay. But by songs that are released today, I mean it's as good, if not better, than anything it's that's released horrible. today. It is. You hate, horrible. you hate it that much, son? 
Dude, you know what it is? I, I'm a I'm a big fan of of. You don't like the Beatles, though. I I love the Beatles. Number one, he loves the Beatles. No, no, he, 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 sign Franco, he does not Franco. like the Beatles. That Abbey Road sign that is sitting behind Franco's large, gigantic, bulbous head actually <laughs> came from my office, which I gave to him. So yes, I'm a huge Beatles fan. I approve. Oh, so, because because why'd you, you give him the sign? Yeah, why'd you give him the sign? Stupid? Because he, because he's a fanatic, and you know, ah. if it meant him actually not talking about the Beatles for three seconds, <laughs> that would shut him up. Yes, that's why I gave it to him. Uh, I, no, I'm a big fan of actually hearing stuff posthumously. You know, like I know I'm a huge Prince fan. I mean, I think everybody knows the story. Prince recorded four to five hundred songs that are fully recorded, mastered everything that were sitting in a vault. He can release a new album every year until the end of time and it's going to be a, a perfectly written album i love a band called pantera pantera is one of the biggest heavy metal bands of our generation they put out one of the biggest heavy metal albums on it uh vulgar display of power and there was a song that they never released two of the guys died they decided to release the song it's not a demo it's not you know horrible lyrics it's not you know muffled out guitars it's a perfectly recorded studio version that was just sitting in a vault and was never released. I think it's a very big difference between trying to get the art out and getting a cash grab. And that's how I see as the as the Beatles song is, is just being well, a that's a great point. Do you guys see this song as a cash grab or do you see this song as like look, this I see it as Paul staying in the limelight. I see it as Paul, you know, I love Paul, yeah. but I see it as Paul going, here's something else that you know, we could be talking about the Beatles. We could talk about what I'm doing. Uh, the why, why a cash grab? How much does he have? A billion dollars? Yeah, he, he don't even. How much more new people. stuff could they put out though? It's how, oh, what, what else? Don't kid yourself. Don't kid yourself. There? They could go like I said. They could get that live at the with AI, and they could. I'd be interested in that. Whole, that I'd be interested. in, I think a live I album. Everybody is playing Hamburg would sell through the roof. I don't think anybody and, understands how scary and destructive AI could actually be. Or you helpful. despise AI. I or do. Depend, yeah, of depending you do. on what, how you use it. The problem I, with it, yeah, the, if if a, if you use AI right, AI will save you a lot of time. The problem is that all that time you're going to be saving is going to be filled with more things to do. Right? The internet enabled us to do so much more than we ever could have done. But now that we have it, we have to do so much more than we ever could have done. AI will do the same thing, you know, and especially now, like that you can you can in music and in comedy or whatever, you can separate things. You can be more creative uh, and you could even create stuff that doesn't even exist. But that's the scary part. Yeah, you're going, hey, you're going. I want you both to think of this, though. OK, now you're both a radio guys. You have maybe combined 60 years of radio experience. I mean, and that's a, an amazing, amazing number when you think about it they technically don't ever have to pay you one cent more to be a radio dj because all of the vocals that you guys have on tape for the last 30 years they you, they could put out a steve and franco show every day for three hours and you guys would never step into a studio and record it it would all be ai sound clips of things that you have said before and you guys cannot get paid one cent because of it no, it's public domain. Yeah. That's public They've been doing that anyway, when you think about it. If Casey Kasem's top 40 continues to run, right? It's on serious. How about Casey's outtakes? Yeah, but they're just... Ponderous, man. It's ponderous. It's ponderous. But it's just replays. I think when you're talking about 
uh, the age of information and the and the internet. Okay, yeah, I mean AI can do a lot of things, but you know what it's done to us as people? We're not free thinkers. We're told what to think. We're told who to vote for. No, you, know, you make the decision on that. I'm not told what to think. I decide. I'm, to, I'm, 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 to, I'm, make, I'm talking in general terms. I'm not talking about you in particular, Steve. I'm no, but talking, I'm talking in general but, terms too. Each but, individual makes look, the decision of they want to think, be a free thinker, or they want to be told what to think. I don't. I, I, I think we're. I think we're lazy. I think we're lazy thinkers. I don't. I. Th I think not I think everybody. I think it's. I think not it's everybody. A lot of people are big listeners. You listen. Yeah. I, I think, but I think most. I don't know. I watch. I watch a lot of clips. I watch a lot of stuff that's on 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 the news, and you just hear people. You know what they do? They they're headline readers, and they and they just spewed out other people's talking points. And God forbid that anyone should have a, an opinion that varies. It seems like we just. We just love to scream into an echo chamber and, and are afraid to have a, an opinion because you know what? Cancel culture is a real thing and it's a dangerous thing. Well, depending on, again, you know, if we have this many people, uh, you have influencers who will tell people what to think. So if you want to get your message out, you have to put it in a sound bite uh, that they will be able to digest. I started, I did updates on a Howard Stern show from 1986 to 95. And I would, Howard would never come to Philadelphia. So I got all the morning show appearances. And I go out and I do the appearances. And every well, morning. When he, put, when he put that zoo, that morning zoo guy out of business, he came to Philly. The Bella. I work with John. Uh, he put, that was the parade, the whole thing. I That's was part horrible of the radio. What happened. That whole story is horrible. Oh, I know. But the, uh, but like while it was happening, but like I'd go out and, you know, they would do the news at nine o'clock. One of the best Stern shows ever. Picture this. Howard Stern, Richard Belzer, Sam Kinison, and Andrew Dice Clay are around oh, the table doing the news. Now, I'm thinking to myself that day in my office going, man, if you're at the Bella, what who song are you going to play right now? What, what, what <laughs> funny parody are you going to do right now? But the thing is, like, when I would go to these appearances or when I'd be in the gym or whatever, and we talk and people want to talk to me about, you know, the news. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? I'd tell them, what do you think? And they would spit back to me exactly word for word what Howard said at nine o'clock that morning. And that was to be, you know, talk about an influencer. Now we've got kids who want to grow up to be influencers. And what are they influencing with? The same stuff that we grew up with, the same stuff that we know. So, I mean, it's just like when you say uh, people want to be told what to think, that's good for us because we're the guys that tell them what to think. It's on us to give them the right, to give them. We you know the right way of thinking. No, that's really not true. On yeah. TikTok, there's so many Gen Z that are out there with two, three million followers that are giving political views, social views, all kinds of stuff. Right, but they're, you know, they're, they're, giving they're influencing their 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 uh, generation. This is why I, I say that my generation, my that generation is not listening to me. No, my generation is the last good generation. You know why? Because we also you're yeah. part of our generation. Oh, Gen about that. Well, I'm at the end of no. I'm at the very end of this whole uh, Gen X, you know, thing. You got to realize, like, from like you know, people who are like 46 to like 55 is more of like the Gen X kind of thing. And you know, the, right, right. I, I, I'm at the very tail end of it. I remember the time when you know, not everybody's opinion meant a fucking thing. Like I don't, I didn't need, to, I don't need to hear the guy who's the bagger at Walmart telling me why Biden is the greatest president in the world. And on the other end, the guy who's putting the avocados away is telling me, no, you're wrong. You know, Trump's the greatest guy on the planet. 
I don't need to know everybody's opinion. I actually remember a time when you can watch the news and you see Dan Rather and Walter Concrete and Tom Brokaw. And what, what's his name? Walter who? Concrete. Walter Concrete. Walter Concrete. <laughs> Did the edible just kick in? I haven't even smoked yet. It's right here. I haven't even done it yet. It was being very. Popular. I liked Walter when I didn't know who my father was voting for. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Exactly. I don't. I think know. there's some things that we need to like. We need to dumb down a little bit. I don't think. I think there is a way too much information and way too many opinions out there. Well, I agree with you, but again, it's just like it's out there, and it's it's the land. It's what we're dealing with. You know, so if this is what we're dealing with and we're in the business of getting people to listen, getting people to be influenced, getting people to be interested, they're buying into our opinion. This is an opinion. Our, our opinions of the Beatles. This is are their opinion. Our opinion. People but, are buying into our opinion. So it's just, you know, people are now interested in an opinion. And there are so many people out there willing to give your opinion, their opinion. But you decide how much of it you want to listen to. And you decide which opinions you're going to buy into. So I'm curious and, about you guys with this opinion then. Okay. Do you, I don't think, like, I think all of us, the, the four people on this show, I right. think music is a huge part of our lives. Right. Sure. Okay. I think growing up, we all kind of like waited for like Tuesdays for the new music to be released and be able to go to the store and buy something. And, and this generation will never feel that way. Why is it, at least it's, it's my opinion, I don't think that this generation emphasizes music as important as we do. Do you agree or disagree with that? I agree. And have you seen the numbers Taylor Swift is putting up? It's a tour. And, it, and the thing is, person. everybody wants to be part of something, okay? But that's Taylor Swift. It's not across the board. And we're also talking about uh, records, selling I records. I, I, and, I, and, I think and I know. People, I used to, Franco. I I would go I I remember I I was I went out with this girl okay I'm in high school and we were supposed to go to a party together and my friend Rob Maletta comes up to me and goes um Glenn Miller's yeah. playing in concert do you want to go see yeah. it yes <laughs> he, he, he said he said hey Bach is touring with uh most no he, he goes listen cheap trick I got cheap cheap trick tickets for tonight are you in I'm like fuck yeah! I mean, I learned how to right. play the drums, you know, to to live at Budokan. I'm definitely going. I don't even show to the party. I don't call the girl. I'm just too excited. Monday comes, and I'm like, if she asks me about this, which she's going to, I'm just going to tell her I went to go see Cheap Trick. Okay, so she's like, hey, what happened to you on uh, Saturday night? I was like, Rob got us Cheap Trick tickets. She goes, yeah, but you were supposed to be at the party. I was like, did you hear what I said? I went to see Cheap Trick. She immediately breaks up with me, okay? And then, like, I, I mean, but that's what music meant to me. I would go. And you to had to find another cheap trick. No, I'd go to parties, and I would sit there and talk to girls about, like, you know, oh, fuck, Ozzy, Ozzy left Sabbath. This I don't know what this new guy is going to sound like. I mean, but this is what music meant yeah, to me. Yeah, you're right. It's, they're not that passionate about no. it. I get it. I agree with that, you yeah, know? I'll tell you exactly what it is. I'll tell you exactly what it is. I'm cutting Franco off here. I'm Social you you media? Because they have social media. Because Sean is so young, he could identify no, with, with it's today. Like, no, like, it's a like simpler time. We, we all lived in a very simpler time when it was television that you had. And I heard this phrase the other day um, when we were talking about TV. And it said, um, I, I think it was one of those, uh, Dark Side of Comedy, which is a great series. Were talking oh, great series. Yeah. What is that, on Vice? Yeah. And Vice, they were saying yeah. how when you were watching television, you had to make an appointment with people to sit down and watch television. 
And that stuck right. in the brain. So think of it, it as a very simpler time. You had certain channels that you can watch. It was not a tremendous amount of cable. Two, two four, and seven. Two, four, seven. When five came around, forget it. That was it. But you, the only mediums that we had were television. You had yeah. movies and you had music. So that was the three main things. So if you were a movie fan, that was your thing. If you had, a, if you were a TV person, that was your thing. If you were a music person, that was your thing. Now we're in this age of of really Where it's everywhere. Two seconds, every, you get it. There's just everything is out there on demand. And the the attention span is completely gone. I saw something on Netflix. You know, I was I was losing my mind. It was a it was a special with, with comedians, right? And it was ten comics, and the special was fifty five minutes. And I was like, so they're all getting five minutes. Or it was like five comics, 55, 10 minutes. Like, can you imagine having that little of an attention span that you have to only limit yourself to watching something at a 10 minute interval? Right. But well, you're right about appointments. You know, like, uh, of course, I'm like way before you. So for me and my generation, we dropped everything when Saturday Night Live was on. We went home. It was appointment television. Right. We went home to watch Saturday Night Live, Midnight Special, that stuff. That was like an appointment. And I think, Maybe the Odd Couple I think was an appointment. More out of it. I think we got more out of it. I think there's things that we remember more from that era too. Like you Midnight could, Special was on on Friday nights, I think. What was after it, SNL? After SNL was Second City TV. Huh? You're right. Was Second City yeah. TV. Don Kirshner's rock concert. It was. It was. He had John Kirshner rock concert on Friday. After that, was followed by the Midnight Special. Okay. No. That, no. No. They were on different nights. No. Carson was on Friday, followed by the Midnight Special, and then on Saturday was and and, and ABC had in concert. Uh, Kirshner was on Saturday night. After I think Saturday night was Live. that on Channel Nine. No, Kirshner well, was on. For Channel me, it was four ABC, ABC but. NBC. That was Kirshner after uh, Mike uh, Mickey Donalds almost kicked his ass at a monkeys meeting. <laughs> oh, really? Well, he picked all the songs. Oh yeah, I. That's the one thing about the monkeys. How are they not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? That's another debate for another podcast. Because exactly, set that one up. <laughs> I think Paul you know where I'm going. Set that one up. We want to know after the guess who gets in. There you go. Yeah, that's another one. Two podcasts. Well, I'll tell you, how about, since, we're, since we're on this topic, you know, the guy, I used to crusade for Pat Benatar. Now I think my, my guy is going to be Peter Frampton. How's he not in? Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, I put him in too. Now we got three shows. Super Bowl really? the whole season. Hum, Humble Pie, probably like the best known live album. You know, uh, that, I would say that and Kiss Alive are probably the two biggest uh, live albums, would you say? Because we're too busy putting Dolly Parton in. Even she don't know why she's in it. Yeah, but, but she was bought it up to cash in on it. She is a national treasure. Did you hear the record? But though? she's not a rock and roller. But give her a do put you, her in the country. Least, do you at least respect the fact that she actually said, "I am not a rock and roll artist." So if I have to go into the Hall of Fame, I should I'll go and do an album. Yes, I no, I love that. I, I love I like that too. Dolly Parton. I'm not I trying to put. I'm not putting her down, but I agree that she was but smart. I respect her for doing that. On a different note here. Since we're on Dolly Parton, I just want to throw this out there, okay? And and just say yes or no, a seventy-seven Dolly Parton or a thirty-six-year-old uh, Lizzo? Where are you going? Well, since that was this, that was the last time, you know, Dolly Parton at seventy-seven, wearing the same outfit that a Dallas Cowboy cheerleader wore when they won the Super Bowl, kind of works out, right? Because she yeah. hasn't changed a bit, and. uh 
What, I go down the road. No, but I oh. wanted to say this about the, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Sean. This comes up on my TikTok all the time. Um, and, and they'll say, well, that's not Rock and Roll. That's not Rock and Roll. Uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Ahmet Erdogan should have named it the Music Hall of Fame because since the second class, is, is Sam Cooke rock and roll? No, he's yeah. soul. You can make the soul. argument. He was rock and roll. We're having a party. Yeah, Sam Cooke? Sam yeah. Cooke? Sam yeah, no, Cooke. not. He was played right. He was rock and roll. He was advertised as rock and roll. He was in top 40 as rock and roll. Yeah, but he, he had a lot of rhythm and blues, a lot of soul songs. Oh, I think I, I don't he think anyone so looks at him more. as a rock and roll. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna put him up there, rock and roll. Okay, who's who's rock I would and put roll? him in there? I would put him in the rock and roll hall of fame. I'm not gonna compare him to Led Zeppelin. But what I'm saying is rock and roll hall of fame. There are artists that have been that weren't rock and roll have been in the rock and roll hall of fame since it started. But when we get into rap. And hip hop and country. I agree with that. I, I yeah, think I agree general, with that. a general renaming of it would, would do would, would end all these conversations that we have about it. And the guess or, who should be in? I would guess who. one. I don't know one guess who song. You oh know, my god, I'm you gonna send a you lot a clip. Of guess American woman, these eyes, laughing, undone. Oh, these eyes, I know. I know that's that. No, 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 that, yeah, I know that's. Yeah. Another one of the greatest Sean. voices that's underrated. Share the land. Yeah, oh, that, what that's, that's the, it's a, it's a great Eric Burden, right? Eric Burden was the animal. Yeah, it was oh, the animal. Oh. Burton so, Cummings. Burton Cummings. Cummings. That's you knew a Burton. You were close. You had a Burton in it. I there was a Burton yeah, in there. Really. You had the Burton. B. Yeah. yeah. And was and was Randy Bachman in that group? Yes. Yes. Who winds up going into starting Bachman Turner Overdrive? Did yeah. you ever see Randy Bachman explain the chord to a hard day's night? Break down the chord of a hard day's night. Amazing. Yeah. Wow. I just posted that on TikTok and I got like a hundred thousand views on it. That's amazing. That is amazing. If anybody doesn't know, Franco's mentioned TikTok 17 times. It's because Franco we, he's building a, a following on TikTok, which I love to make fun of, but I can't because he has sixty thousand followers Yeah, on we it. get it, Franco. Right. You're young. Okay. But that's the that's the work the Beatles put into a song. That they would spend that much time on a chord. Same thing right. with the end of the day in a life. That's how that was what made them so great. Well, they tell would, the story. It, tell the story. I'm, I'm sure most of all this. You should watch that. the video. It's like uh it's it's watch less than two video. minutes. And Randy Bachman, yeah. no one tells it better than him. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's amazing. And same thing with the chord at the end of a day in a life. He you know? he Randy Bachman, I heard him talk about um you ain't seen nothing. Oh, no, taking care of business, right? Was his kind of like version of Taxman. It tells it tells the story. I can see that. You see it, Franco? Yeah, I, I I'd have to really rethink it, but I it never dawned on me. But okay, I don't know if you guys ever noticed this either. But if you listen to uh, uh, "Hair of the Dog" by Nazareth, it's the same. Uh, it's a Beatles riff, complete Beatles riff. I can't remember the Beatles song that they stole it from now. Well, if you listen to 25... I thought you were going to make a joke, Shai. I already laughed. Day Tripper. Sure. Day Tripper, sorry. No, I couldn't remember the bit. It's uh, If you listen to the main riff of Day Tripper... And this time you're thinking... Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I do. It's, it's note for note. It's actually note about this? Note. While my guitar gently weeps at the end is 25 to 6 to 4. Yeah, but so so is so is um uh, uh, the Led Zeppelin song "Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You" is the exact same bass line in the uh, twenty-five or sixty-four as well. Yeah. You know, there's uh, you could do this all night. 
I, uh, I went to a Gene Simmons concert, uh, the Gene Simmons box set. Have you heard when you buy Gene's Gene Simmons vault, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, I tell you the story, right? So Gene Simmons for $2,000, you can buy Gene Simmons vault and he gives you a 38 pound safe and whatever he decides to put in the safe, uh, music, memorabilia, whatever he wants to give you, you get. And then he comes to your town and he does a private party complete with an open bar and hors d'oeuvres. And he plays a concert. And when he finishes the show, this Q&A, and then he goes into a room by himself. And each guest is allowed five minutes alone in the room with Gene Simmons. And this costs you $2,000. So I I'm got to do something like that. I got to cover it in Philadelphia. So here I am standing in, I didn't have to pay for it, right? Uh, standing about five feet away from Gene Simmons in the middle of the crowd with my i7 recording it for the radio station. And my phone rings. And he stops the show and breaks my balls uh, in front of everybody. And it was Gemini on the phone. Of course and, it was. Of and, course. And then what are you doing, I, Pappy? I, I slid out of the room and I call him and I'm like, do you know what you did? That was Jesus. Why didn't you just say it was Paul Stanley? And I'm like, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, but that was, uh, he, this guy pays money on his money. I mean, for $50,000, Gene Simmons will do your wedding. And think for 100, he'll lend you friggin' uh, Shannon for a little while too. Yeah, right. Uh, but they played the, and you, they're not done yet either. You think they they played oh, that last night? Did you hear? Album? No, did you hear what they just said? What they, they just say? announced as so last night they played. Uh, what, I don't know, the the Garden. final show for at the Garden, right? Right. They're right. going to do one more show, of course, in in Kiss fashion. They're putting it on pay per view, right. but that right. was it. You know, yeah, they have one more. So they, they already announced yesterday that uh, touring is not done. The tour is not done. They are going to be doing an Avatar AI kiss tour going forward starting next year oh and people will buy tickets of course that's like the buddy holly hologram tour i saw that buddy holly oh, roy Orbison. did you see it no it was the weirdest thing yeah, they had on the left side they had the band and on the right side they had uh the, the singers and then up in the middle pops the hologram and like the Roy Orbison, it was a Buddy Holly Roy Orbison. Now, Roy Orbison had toured. So you got to see Roy Orbison touring. Holly, there really isn't a lot of tour footage on Holly. So, yeah, but isn't there somebody behind the stage like making the moves? No, no, no. What they did was they, they, they took like a, they crafted this mannequin, you know, this image. And that became the hologram. And what they did was they put Holly's face on the image and what's odd about it though is you you get used to it after like the first i don't know 30 seconds you figure out what's going on but then what happens is when it ends the song ends and he, and he goes thank you and very mechanically points to the you know to the band very mechanically points to the singers watch it on youtube it'll blow your yeah, mind i was invited to go they were they were testing it at mohegan sun arena and i was like uh, no, i'll pass i don't know <laughs> I love Buddy Holly. Yeah, yeah. you, 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 you really, you're, 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 you're a big Buddy Holly fan. I, yeah, one of my favorite movies ever is La Bamba. I'm, I'm a huge fan of the '50s rock uh, stuff. You know, Buddy Holly and Bill Haley yeah. and, you know, and Richie Valens, all that. You know who played Buddy Holly in La Bamba? Uh, no, remind me. Marshall Crenshaw. I didn't know that. 
lead Louis singer of the Smithereens. That's right. One of the lead no, no, singers of the Smithereens. One of them, yeah. Oh, Adam, are you still there? Yep, I'm here. Hey, do you have Hi, that, Adam? Do you have that picture? Oh yeah, uh, I got the picture. Yeah, can, yep. can, can, yeah. Can, let's let's talk the picture for a second, if we if if we can. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna, the picture's going to look great on Spotify, dopey. We have people watch us on YouTube because Steve brought up an interesting point. Steve he did, he, he did, to, yes, yes, he went to go see the Smithereens um, last Friday night. Right. Okay, and did did you did you like the Smithereens? They were great. You 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 they're good. They got you saw them with uh Robin as Robin right. Wilson. Show them with Robin. Yeah. Oh, there Here's we go. The okay, now there, there's Steve Trevelis. Okay. Hey, my buddy Chris Swendeman right there. There you go. And he's at he's at the Sean, you you're the young guy of the group. You you can see real good. What kind of shirt is Steve wearing? Spinal tap, New Jersey. That's right. What shirt isn't he wearing? He's not wearing a smithereen shirt. Oh, we're gonna start with that again. Yes, yeah, because I would have I, I didn't have a Smithereens hoodie or I would have worn it. It was very cold out. But I can guarantee you, if you look at the neckline under the New Jersey hoodie <laughs> is the Smithereens shirt. See, sir. I, Adam, I can you get that off? I'm tired of looking at Chris's dumb face now. Uh-huh. But there's yeah. definitely a Smithereens <laughs> shirt under that shirt. Franco, you've been around for a little bit. Is yeah. it cool to wear the shirt of the band you're going to see? I think it's up to the individual person. No, you know? yeah. no. What's wrong it's with not up to the individual person. These are these so are it's hard. not cool, or you have to. It's not no. Okay, I'm wearing a hailstorm shirt. If I go see oh, no, hailstorm, listen. I am definitely not wearing a hailstorm shirt at the concert. I think you, if you want to, no. Why would you, you not? There is what is wrong with that? It's hey, personal oh, preference. Hey Jeff, you know, I'm, oh, here's an example. Okay. Jeff Jeff likes to play fantasy baseball where he goes away and spends twenty six thousand dollars to pretend he's a Met. But anyway, that's another story in itself. <laughs> when, you go, when you when you go to a Met game, do you wear a Mets jersey, or is that not the cool thing to do? No, you Shut do. Up. You do because um, it's different. You're, you're cheering on the team. It's, it's, the it's an allegiance to the team. But when you go the to the you when you go see. to no, it's. It, no, it, it, it's too much. You're a nerd. Oh, if no. You wear the band shirt. I'm a nerd. If you, wear you know it. where this came from? This came from the fucking Wayne's World movie. You it can't did not come from the Wayne's shirt World. to American. Sh that's, that's not. That's not where it came from. No, you, why got, you got the reference wrong. It's, it's not that. They it's, don't know what to wear. Bullshit. Wear whatever no. the fuck you want. No, no. Yeah. You. So if you, if you go see, like I went. By to the way, when I met the Smithereens backstage after it, you know what they said to me? Nice shirt. Nice shirt. Yeah, they did. Right, right after where's Jeff? Nice shirt. Because you're wearing the Smithereen shirt? Yeah, well, they actually gave me the shirt, but it's still. <laughs> yeah, but I mean that that's if you if you're gonna be the guy who's gonna suck up to the band. I don't I'm not that you're not guy. Sucking up to no. the band. Okay, so Steve, I want to go I see like Queen. Band. I go uh, see if Queen. I go, to a, if I go to a Beatle convention, I wear a Beatles shirt. We're talking about the Beatles right now, right? Franco, you wearing a Beatles shirt? That's okay. He's not at the concert. But when I went to go see Queen, well, if you I went wore to the concert. I, I was at the way. concert. When I when I went, I called this uh, studio the Cavern, but it's, I wasn't there. <laughs> so, but, you're, but there's not a band in front of you. When I went to go see Queen, I wore an Aerosmith shirt. That's what Why you do. You do think it's a bad thing. You think the band gets insulted? Very, no, no, no. You look like a fanboy. It looks Steve, like you like, like you're it so just comes down to him being a moron. 
That's I'm not a moron. No, it's, no, it's now you see everyone, I gotta live with everyone who's gone to concerts knows you don't wear the shirt of the with band. Everyone who's gone to concerts, they make an announcement before the show. You should put this, anyone wearing the shirt of the band, please leave for Wednesday. Right. You should put this up on Twitter, and this should be the, the, the poll. Is it okay to wear the, the shirt of the band you're going to see? I'd love I'll to put see it on TikTok. Says. I mentioned it again. Let me put ask, what about everybody who just like Madonna? Do you have a TikTok Madonna channel, Franco? Like Where can we find your TikTok channel? <laughs> no, what about Madonna? When everybody dressed up like Madonna. When you go to the concert, they sell the shirt. Girl, if you buy the girls shirt, do the that. Shirt we that wouldn't bad? do that. I'm not going to. What? If, okay, so who am I going to see? Uh, we're going to go see a Sabbath band. I'm not going to wear. I'm not going to wear a Sabbath shirt. Why not? not it's not cool. Shut it's not cool. Up. What are you? It's on not the cool. I'll, I'll, no, I'll wear. I'll wear my Metallica shirt. I'll. I'll wear. Uh, maybe I'll. I, I'll wear like a Pantera yeah. shirt. Okay. Here's the worst part about it. This is the worst part. You're actually planning out a fucking outfit for a concert that grown men are going to a month from now. And I'm you think it's horrible that you're wearing a Sabbath shirt to a Sabbath God. show? Now you, you don't make sure you iron it. No, you don't do that. You don't do it. I'll give you this. I mean, where my picketing shirt? Before Sean was born, I got out of a cab in front of Madison Square Garden, bought my Led Zeppelin shirt, put it on, and went to the show. Good move. Good move. You go and I, I don't think I can fit sell, in that anymore. <laughs> See, Franco, you Why get it wrong. You the buy the shirt the and then you wear it your next wear day. Oh, that way people can say to you, hey, did you go to the concert? And you go, yeah, Wait, I did. Why do they sell the shirts at the concert if you're not supposed to wear them? Do you spend the money on the shirt carry it around? We were at Joan Jett. I bought my granddaughter. Well, her mom bought my, my granddaughter a Joan Jett shirt. Nine years old. She put the Joan Jett shirt on over what she had and we went in. You say the rules that. When little kids, you throw the rules out. You heard oh, little kids. Oh, so it's a rule now. The world yeah, according cool. to Garp. You ever hear the same movie? The world according to Garp is the I world, the according, the the world according to Dope. This is exactly yeah, the, same the world thing. according to Dope. But everyone, Adam, way in here. Do you wear the shirt? Of the, you go to a lot of concerts. You, Adam will even go see Wet Leg. Okay. Do you wear the shirt of the band you're going to see? No. Nope. I probably haven't. To be honest. Thank with you. Thank you. I, I probably have it. It doesn't mean I, I have it. If I have the shirt, or I would judge somebody who did. I'll wear the shirt, especially if it's a local band. That well, shows support. Jeff and I are going to see Zach Sabbath, which is Zach Wild, Ozzy's guitar player, who is doing his Zach his, his Black Sabbath tribute band. Now, just to piss Jeff off, I'm going to wear my Black Sabbath flannel with my Zach Wild <laughs> shirt underneath <laughs> it. I'm wearing it. Worse. Now you're playing an outfit. Him. I want to love it. stroke out in front right? of you. Is what you I just said he can't play enough, but you just did. Okay. Here's, a, here's, another, here's another thing that, that you don't do. Okay, so say today, like um, you go see the Jets and the Falcons. Okay, you don't I go to thing. the okay, you don't go to the game wearing a Steelers jersey. Why not? Because you don't do that. It, it, you know how lame that looks. What? You're showing the, the world. You're telling the world. You're a Steelers. Go, don't stay home and watch the Steelers game. You either wear a Falcons jersey, you wear if a, I a get Jets jersey, or you wear you don't wear any other uh, football team. You don't go to the game and wear the jersey of a team that's not playing. Where are you getting this from? I did. You know, that. Know, games I've been to wearing giant jerseys. 
it's the same rules. Like I when you chew, you chew with your mouth closed. Okay, you open the door for a lady. Okay, these are society's rules. You throw out these what? rules, society falls apart. You open the door for a lady wearing a band shirt. No, you think society falls apart by that, or a sixty-year-old man wearing a backwards fucking hat? <laughs> I took it off for you. Yeah, Dude, one what, of you. What, did, you, what do you give in to him, Franco? He's in. He's a. He's a jerk. Okay, don't give in to him. Yeah, listen to the voice of reason over here. <laughs> yeah, I'm well, trying to help. I'm trying to help the audience. I'm not going to go to my air supply guys. concert wearing my whole. I don't shirt. think opening the door for a lady is analogous <laughs> to wearing a, a concert shirt. Oh. No one will admit to an air supply shirt. Jeff has three. I tried to. I. I, I, I like I've, seen, I've seen them a couple times. I tried to buy one, and they were out of them. Air supply. Yes, I love air supply. On that note, they love that and nothing at all. Yeah, really. On that note, on that note, why don't you, I, I want you to uh, do the closing thing, Jeff? But I have something very important I want to say afterwards. So I'm going to close the show with my important announcement. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, listen, we 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 thank you guys. Um, really, just want any any plugs? Where, you know, where could people find and listen to you, Steve? And where could people find and listen to you, Franco? I got a TikTok channel. No, I'm kidding. Uh, New Jersey 101.5. <laughs> I want to get a TikTok one now. Uh, New Jersey 101.5 on Mondays and Wednesdays. Uh, WIP on uh, Friday and Saturday overnights. Catch a rising star every Friday night. And uh, whatever else I could fit in around that. And Please, how can people find, find you, though? At Real Steve Trev. At Real and Steve I'm, Trev. I'm on Facebook. There you go. How about you, Franco? All right, I'm on uh, mornings at 100.9 K Hits FM, which is in Connecticut. What part so you can of listen Connecticut? Online at uh, BigHitsBigFun.com, where you find us online. Towards Mohegan. Uh, I have a yeah yeah. Uh, I have an internet radio station. It's called the letters F I T M Radio, uh, and I play the music on there that is analogous to what I talk about on my TikTok channel, which is where you'll find me most of the time at Franco in the morning. All right, John, you want you want to take us home? I do want to say, so today's a big day. Not only is it Ozzy's 75th birthday, um, I do want to say a big thank you to all three people on this show. I know this is not me saying a, a goodbye or anything like that. Um, Steve is a great person in, in, uh, in the comedy community. Um, he doesn't get enough credit. Uh, he is very gracious to let uh, all the comics in New Jersey come onto his radio show. He's done it for me a bunch of times when I wanted to promote something. Uh, so I want to give a big thank you to you. Franco is we just love breaking your balls uh, almost as much as Jeff. I think I do Jeff a little more, but you are a very close second. Um, the comedy world is full of a bunch of bullshit uh, people. And Franco is by far the best booker that I work for. And I don't even consider him a booker anymore. I actually consider him a good friend. So it's on record now. You can throw it in my face whenever you want, blah, blah, blah. The reason I'm getting a little um, uh, sentimental and, and introspective, I don't even know if Jeff realizes this, but today is the four-year anniversary that me and Jeff started doing this podcast. Nice. Today was, yes, four years ago today, we went into our million-dollar studio in Sea Caucus. We had a great uh, studio. Interviewing uh, our, our dear friend Chris Johnston, who in the four years now is the official opener for all of the Impractical Jokers all over the country. So, what about that? Yeah, so he's a great guy, Steve. You know, I'm sure you know him as well. Um, so yeah, four years. Uh, we have done over 150 maybe episodes or whatever. 
Uh, it is a great time all the time. Uh, we don't always have the best guests. Today was a, an exception. We had two great guests today. We didn't have to do any of the fucking talking, which makes me a lot happier, especially when I have to hear Jeff's dumb voice all the time. So thank you both for coming on and taking over the episode. It was great. There is definitely another hundred episodes in us without even a question. And uh, ugh, I hate saying this, but you're a good man, Jeff. Thank you. The thing, here's the thing, right? Is like, if we miss a week, then I, I have to give Sean a call because I don't get a chance to talk to him because our schedule is so, so different. So, so I have to, I have to talk to him. I have to get him on the phone. And talk, even if it's about nothing, even it if it's about is. nothing, it just, usually is just dumb shit. But, you know, uh, but, that, but you know, it, listen, I, I, I had this idea for the show and I really, I only had one person in mind who I think would have done. I wanted to do this with. You know, someone who had the passion for music with like me, someone who, you know, is, is also a comedian. So we, we could kind of make it funny and someone who has like different opinions. You don't want to be with someone who's the exact same person as you. I think I think uh, we, we, I say this with you all the time on Wednesday, Steve. It's like when we, when we disagree, that's when I think that, that some of the great radio comes out, you yeah. know, like like, yeah. like 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 Frankie Valley. Yes, we're going to get into that. We got another hour. That's another joke. That's another I'm out joke. of time, man. And the morning DJs go to bed at this time of night. Yeah. yeah. And I, I want to catch a little bit of this. Uh, is it, who's playing tonight? Is it Chiefs? Chiefs and Green Bay. Yeah, I'd like oh, to see a little bit of that. I think Green Bay. I think Green Bay could wind up winning that game. But uh, also, I have been brutal, brutal today on on my picks. I think I think I went one for four. Maybe, maybe you were wearing your Jets jersey when you made your Jets picks, and that yeah. was the problem. <laughs> I stay away from the Jets. I can't. I can't take them anymore. They're All not right, wrap it up, team. asshole. Let's go. All right, listen. We will catch you next week. I want to thank Steve Trevelis. I want to thank Franco in the morning. Yeah. You guys are great. This show was everything Thanks, I thought it was guys. going to be. You guys are are yeah. awesome, awesome, awesome. Steve, I'll see you on Wednesday. Adam, thank Adam. You know, is in Utah and he's producing this show for us. Good job, Adam. Way you to know? go, Adam. Good job, Franco. Thank I'll you. talk to you next Friday morning when you cancel our podcast again. He's a good man. All right, guys, we will catch you next week and uh, keep subscribing, follow us, and we'll catch you next time. Thank you, everybody.